Hello, I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Find out how RAIN can help you stay ahead of global events at rainnetwork.com. You are listening to the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from RAIN, the Risk Assistance Network and Exchange. I'm Emily Donahue. Welcome. Today we're talking about who is helping who during the Russian war in Ukraine. Of course, we know NATO countries are helping Ukraine, but who's helping Russia? Not long ago, there were reports that Iran had sent military equipment to Russia. But is that all? Ryan Bowl knows all about this. He's Rain's senior Middle East and North Africa analyst. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me, Emily. So what kind of support is Iran, if any, providing for Russia in its Ukraine war? So initially, Iran was limited to just diplomatic support. You know, it was it was one of the countries that wasn't condemning Russia at the UN Security Council or in, or in public statements. But recently, what's changed is the Iranians are now providing some of their armed drones, the Shahed drones. Uh, they're usually called loitering munitions or, or kamikaze drones. Basically, they're drones that, that have a bomb on them and they crash into a building or, or target and they're very cheap to produce and they can easily overwhelm air defenses because since they're so cheap, you can use a lot of them to try to get past some of the more advanced systems that the the Ukrainians now have. Uh, And they will also uh, reportedly begin to supply the Russians with some of their surface-to-surface long-range missiles, which can be used by the Russians to stock up uh, some of their military forces that have been depleted. They've used up a lot of their own cruise missiles and and, uh, surface-to-surface missiles in in the past few months of this war. Uh, And so these Iranian missiles will, again, allow them to strike Ukrainian targets uh, much deeper behind the front lines, you know, hitting critical infrastructure infrastructure like uh, power plants, dams, uh, factories, barracks, etc., in a way that can harm some of Ukraine's war effort. So Ryan, a quick question here. What is driving this support? And secondarily, I'm wondering whether there is a counter-alliance to NATO brewing. So Russian and Iranian relations go back quite a long time. The Iranian nuclear program got started in part with Russian help. Uh, Russia has been a a diplomatic champion for Iran as it's been isolated by the United States and the West over its nuclear program. The two coordinated and worked together to save a mutual ally, Bashar al-Assad, in Syria during the Syrian civil war. So there's lots of cooperation between the two that, that goes way back. And that cooperation is often driven by The two of them see the world in in multipolar terms. That is, they don't see the post-Cold War environment as as a place that's conducive to their national interests. They they want to spread their ideology or expand their buffer spaces or change some borders. Uh, And the international community led by the United States and Europe doesn't really want things to change after the end of the Cold War. They want to stabilize things and globalize things. And that ideological underpinning between Tehran and Moscow kind of keeps their relationship going. 
But as we think about that relationship, it's really, it's an alignment of interests. It's an alignment of geopolitical imperatives. It's not exactly a very deep ideological alliance. Uh, you can almost think of it in terms of the way that Germany and Japan were allies during World War II, uh, but they were very far away geographically. Uh, they never really coordinated militarily, and their ideology didn't really make a whole lot of sense given Nazi Germany's you know, white supremacy and, and Japan being an Asian country. Uh, those sort of things just didn't make a whole lot of sense, but they, they were united in their opposition to – they had enemies of an enemies type of a situation. And that's what drives Moscow and Tehran together the most is that many of their enemies are mutual rivals. And, and right now what's pushing Iran to get involved in the Ukraine war is it's concerned that if Russia experiences a substantial setback there, if it's a military defeat, if they're expelled from Ukraine – it could destabilize the Putin government in a way that affects Iranian interests. They certainly don't want a new Russian government coming to power uh, that might turn against Iran, that might be too distracted uh, to be able to help out Iran if they, if they need protection from a place like the United States or from Israel. Uh, they still need Russia's support at the United Nations. That's Russia's obviously a, a permanent Security Council member, and that's key to keeping snapback sanctions from being enacted and, and, and crippling Iran's economy even more than it already has been. Um, so they still need the Russians in a number of ways. And and so they're trying to prop up the Russians to make sure that there isn't some sort of setback in Ukraine that could change uh, the, the players that they deal with in the Kremlin. So what kind of difference will this kind of support make for Russia's war in Ukraine? So the reality is the Russians have already conventionally used up a lot of their best equipment and forces in, in these first few months of the war. And, and these drones and these missiles, they will be able to destroy Ukrainian infrastructure. They'll be able to do pinpointed attacks, uh, but they don't seem very likely to change the course of the war. They could slow things down, but they in and of themselves, they're not wonder weapons that, that could stop Ukrainian advances around places like Kherson, where we now see the Russians preparing to evacuate from that, that key city, uh, and no amount of drones is really going to change that. Uh, the Russians have to get their conventional military back into order. They need to get their mobilization working. And while Iranian drones and missiles are going to be helpful in that strategy, uh, in and of themselves, they're supplements. Uh, the, the, the core Russian military strategy needs an overhaul, and, and they need to rebuild their armed forces. Otherwise, the Ukrainians will still be able to continue to make these slow advances and retake key cities uh, that the Russians have occupied since the beginning of the invasion in February. Well, I mean, if we're talking about Iran, uh, let's talk about its rival in the Middle East, Israel. What might happen with Israel in this scenario? Well, certainly we see the Israelis reacting with alarm to the idea of Iranian systems being used in Ukraine, as well as the IRGC, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, is now reportedly in Crimea, helping the Russians learn how to use these drone systems. So the Israelis are concerned about deepening Russian-Iranian uh, cooperation because that could presage Russia feeling like it needs to block Israeli airstrikes against Iranian targets in Syria. Russia's air force is still involved there. They have air defenses there, but they, they kind of allow the Israelis to strike certain targets at certain times. Um, so they're definitely concerned about deepening coordination. Um, in terms of the Ukraine war itself, the Israelis are showing signs that they're preparing to, to 
escalate the amount of support that they would give to the Ukrainians. Now, the Israelis have always publicly had their sympathy towards Ukraine, but they didn't want to blow up Russian relations by supporting them too strongly. But the involvement of the Iranians does change their calculus a bit, and we're seeing signs that they might be prepared to uh, give Ukraine more advanced defensive systems, systems that will allow them to detect these drones or these missiles beforehand so that other systems supplied by NATO can intercept them or so that civilians can get out of the way. So Israel is likely to deepen its cooperation with Ukraine, but not quite break its overall neutrality in the war uh, because of Iran's involvement. This is all so fascinating. Thank you so much, Ryan. Of course, Emily. Thanks for having me. Ryan Bowl is Rain's senior Middle East and North Africa analyst. His work appears in Rain Worldview, the risk intelligence app for professionals, and our consumer publication, which offers objective geopolitical analysis and intelligence covering the global landscape. Find out more about Rain and Rain Worldview at rainnetwork.com. That's R A N E network.com. I'm Emily Donahue, and as always, I thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.